Welcome to Try Friend Heroes, a Legend of Zelda podcast. I'm Ellen. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kazum. And today we're discussing the fourth Legend of Zelda game, Link's Awakening. Woo! Woo! In this game, we must collect the siren's instruments to wake the windfish. But what if we're all in the windfish's dream? What will become of us when he wakes? Hoot! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, you don't like my opening? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it! <laughs> I'll leave it to Kayla to talk about the story for real, but this <laughs> critically acclaimed game was originally released for Game Boy in 1993, and then it was re-released multiple times. So for Game Boy Color as Link's Awakening DX in 1998, and also it was remade for Switch in t- 2019. It was one of the top-selling games for Game Boy, and it was on the bestseller list for more than seven years, I read wow. on Wikipedia. Or somewhere. It said more than 90 months. And I was like, what is that in a time frame that I can actually understand? <laughs> it's seven and a half years. <laughs> Game Boy had such a long lifespan. Well, it's because, like, basically you could also play them on Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. and the Game Boy apparently was remade, multi- it was re-released multiple times. Like, the Game Boy, the first Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And then when the Game Boy Color came out in, I think the Game Boy came out in the 80s. It was, like, 89. Something like that. And then the Game Boy Color came out in, like, 1998. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, like, 10 years worth of games. Yeah. This game was also ported for 3DS, and that virtual console port was the top-selling downloadable Nintendo 3DS game of 2011. So it was the mm. top-selling downloaded 3DS game wow. <laughs> that year that it was released. Yes, it's an incredibly popular game, I learned. Um, for good reason. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a great game. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't get talked about that much in this series, but I guess it's no. kind of a, a sleeper hit. <laughs> I had no idea. I don't think it sold... So overall, it sold less copies than any of the games that we've already played, but it's not the lowest in the mm-hmm. series. I think it's maybe just that less less games overall sold for NES or for Game Boy than for NES. It's also the thirteenth overall top selling Game Boy game like ever. Link's Awakening DX is the twenty fourth. Do you want to guess what the top one is? Pokemon. Yes, uh, <laughs> I, say, I know. I know you know what it is. <laughs> it's really funny. Pokemon Red, Green, Blue, and Yellow are all listed together as selling forty six million copies. <laughs> Pokemon sales are really impressive. That's off topic, but it's like they came out at the tail end of the game boy but like completely revitalized the system for a while i went on an interesting tangent while researching this because of that because a lot of comments while i was like looking up links awakening were like yeah it was a game that sold consoles but like really the game that like saved the game boy was pokemon Mm -hmm. like it like basically revitalized the and extended the lifespan of the game boy like console in general um apparently in people's opinion which is very interesting Mm -hmm. we could could talk about that but (laughs) This is about Zelda, not about Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Although this game had a lot of crossovers with other games, just not with Pokemon. Yeah. It didn't exist yet. Mm. <laughs> also, the Switch remake. So the most recent game that came out in 2019 is the 20th, top 20th Switch game, selling Switch game of all time. So Okay. Yeah, so it's in the top 20 of yeah. Switch games. I mean, I think um, Breath of the Wild is much higher. I think that's like number two. Hold on, let me look. Wikipedia, give me the answers. Also, this is as of March 2021 is the mm-hmm. stat. Oh, mm. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the top. Uh, and then yeah. Animal Crossing. Makes sense. Super Smash Brothers, Breath of the Wild, and then Pokemon Sword and Shield are number five. So those are the competition. So yeah, mm-hmm. this Link's Awakening is number 20. So mm. it's in the top 20. Switch has a pretty good library, so top 20 is yeah. Does. yeah, it does. <laughs> it's hard to compete. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other Zelda games in the top, like in the top list that are right around here too. There's like Hyrule Warriors and also the re-release of Skyward Sword. Which apparently yeah. sold 3.9 million copies, so almost as much as this game actually sold for Game Boy, or just <laughs> over what it sold for Game Boy. And apparently Link's Awakening for Switch has sold 5.49 5. million copies. So, 
a shit ton, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently, so yeah, I've never played this game, um, and I've heard of it, like, I've heard of the re-release, but... Yes, it was an incredibly popular, well-selling game, apparently. And it also got a lot of accolades at the time. Like, it won a lot of awards, and it eventually won, like, a bunch of Nintendo Power Awards. Um, Later on, when Nintendo Power did, like, a 20th anniversary, um, Mm. like, award issue. um, I think I remember reading that issue. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you did, because that would have been around when you were reading Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) (laughs) So, a critically acclaimed game, with obviously a critically acclaimed story that I have already alluded to. Seamless segue to Kayla to talk about the story. <laughs> oh, we're doing seamless segues again. All right. <laughs> that's what my, so well last time. That's what my notes say to do. <laughs> All right, so story. Yeah. So this is a supposed to be a sequel to A Link to the Past. There's a lot more direct sequels than I realized in this uh, game series. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also possibly the Oracle games. There's apparently some dispute between official sources on that, so I guess we'll oh. make the call for ourselves once we get to the Oracle games. A mystery. Mm-hmm. I guess the ones that say it is a sequel to the Oracle games is like, Link apparently went off to find himself or whatever after defeating <laughs> Ganon in A Link to the Past, and some sources say that the Oracle games are what he did during that time. So Okay. Mm-hmm. That feels like retcon. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because the Oracle games came out quite a bit later. But Also, mm-hmm. this game, like, doesn't matter because of the things that happen in it that I don't want to spoil for the discussion, I guess. But, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, like, it doesn't, it could be any time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how old you think Link is in the cutscenes, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he went off on a journey of self-discovery. Uh, and then on his way back to Hyrule, he got caught in a terrible storm while sailing back. Uh, wrecks his ship, and he washes ashore on a mysterious island called Koholint, where a girl named Marin finds him and takes him to her home to recover. Link wakes and prepares to find a way to leave the island, but an owl comes down to tell him about the strange nature of Koholint Island. Like it has talking owls. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole village of talking animals, mm-hmm. which at first I was like, cool, this is really cute, and then in retrospect I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird game. <laughs> It's a great game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, within an egg high in the mountains sleeps a being called the Windfish, and it's impossible to leave the island while he still sleeps. Waking him requires the playing of eight magical instruments, so Link journeys across the island and ventures into dungeons to defeat the monsters guarding these instruments, all of whom seem particularly desperate to stop him. Toward the end of his journey, Link discovers a hidden mural with a message that explains why. To the finder, the Isle of Koholint is but an illusion. Human, monster, sea, sky, a scene on the lid of a sleeper's eye. Awake the dreamer, and Koholind will vanish, much like a bubble on a needle. Cast away, you should know the truth. Dun, dun, dun. I know. <laughs> it is interesting that, like, progressively in the dungeons, they're like, no, don't, no, don't, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> farther and farther. And you're like, why? I gotta yeah. wake up the fish. <laughs> That's what they told me to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty rare to have, like, bosses talk to you in any case. And then they're all like, please don't. True. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, if you do this, if you do it, we'll all vanish. And you're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, really. Whatever giant <laughs> yeah. with an eye or whatever they are. <laughs> giant face in the floor. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> uh, the owl comes back after he reads the inscription and hedges on this somewhat by saying that no one really knows if that's true and no one other than the windfish himself could know. Link's obviously troubled by all this, but he continues on his journey and collects the last few instruments. With everything in hand, Link approaches the egg atop the mountains and plays the Ballad of the Windfish. 
The egg cracks, and Link goes inside to confront the last of the nightmares that have been plaguing and prolonging the windfish's dream. Link emerges victorious, and the owl speaks to him one last time, explaining that he is in fact a part of the windfish's spirit, the guardian of his dream, and that his work is done now that Link has turned back the nightmares. He disappears and is replaced by the windfish himself, who talks about his long slumber and the creation of the world within it, but he also says it's the nature of all dreams to eventually end. But Link's memory of the world will make it real. He asks Link to play the instruments again so they can awaken together. Link plays and Koholin Island and all of its inhabitants fade away. Link wakes in the ocean among the wreckage of his boat. He sits for a moment, looking lost and uncertain, until the windfish passes by overhead, assuring him that his journey was real. And also, if you beat the game without dying, Marin maybe escapes the dream and turns into a seagull? <laughs> yeah, there's some kind of special scene that I definitely, I definitely did not die, so... <laughs> Well, I think in one game she's there. In one version of the game she's there. In one version she's a seagull. It was one of the differences between the DX version. I think in the original she's like got wings and is flying around, but in the other one she's a seagull. It's sort of vague on if she's like actually turning into a seagull or if he's just like remembering her and her like wish because she says some at some point in the game that she like wishes she could turn into a seagull and fly around the world. She wishes she was a bird and could fly far, far away from here. Yes. That's an obscure reference I don't get to make very much. <laughs> yes, this uh, source, what is this? This is the Zelda fandom wiki. says that the secret ending has been changed to, like, between the original version and the DX version, that instead of Marin floating across the screen with wings, she's now seen as a seagull with her image on the screen. So mm -hmm. there you go. Thanks, wiki. <laughs> uh, as far as characters, we've got Link, of course, who is apparently the same Link from A Link to the Past. Not that that matters too much. <laughs> He looks like the same age. He looks similar mm -hmm. in the in the cutscenes. I can yeah. follow. I can agree with this uh, timeline that we're being presented. Yeah. He looks like a, a child. <laughs> well, he's a teen, right? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't he? A, oh wait, no. I guess. Uh, yeah. He seems like a young teen. Like, I don't know, yeah, he's probably like twelve, thirteen to fifteen, maybe. Yeah, something like yeah. that. <laughs> he's not like old teen Link, like in um, other games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then you got Marin, who's this uh, nice girl who likes to sing and. Lives with her dad, who's basically Mario. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say, who's definitely not Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Her dad is Mario. I forgot. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you got the windfish, who created the world, and then the owl, who's kind of a part of the windfish and kind of his own thing. It seems like he has somewhat separate knowledge from the windfish, but maybe he's like the windfish's like subconscious. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then we got a whole bunch of weirdos, uh, <laughs> which is uh, this game was somewhat. Uh, notoriously somewhat influenced by uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, and like that comes through mostly in like the, the sort of odd tone and also all the like weird characters, like uh, an old man who gives you hints but will only speak to you over the phone, an anthropomorphic mm. alligator who sells bananas and is obsessed with canned food, and a sunfish who teaches you to mambo. <laughs> I loved mambo. <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, and that cutscene was playing. I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, <laughs> it's a bop too. Yeah. Every time I had to play to like this little backup dancer fish, like, and yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, "Is this an enemy sunfish?" No, but this is a great sunfish. It's gonna teach us to, to dance. <laughs> and then there's there's like Crazy Tracy, and then there's like all the other people. Have you seen Twin Peaks? Because I definitely haven't. I've seen about half of Twin Peaks. Okay. Do I have you? Not. I would like to watch it someday, but do you <laughs> feel like this is? Is it just like the concept of like a small town with a bunch of 
of interesting characters. Yeah, I mean, like, I think Twin Peaks is more overtly dark right. than Link's Awakening, but it has kind of the same, like, you know, weirdo, weird small town full of weird people, kind of surreal environment going on. I think this sort of, the concept of Link's Awakening feels like it kind of all gets refined into Majora's Mask down the road. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, there's a little bit of, like, existential horror going on in Link's Awakening, but it's played pretty lightly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you're in a, a dream it just yeah. become it's just that it's revealed very slowly mm-hmm. so like at first you're on the island you're like cool island times i'm island link and i'm gonna go fight these mm-hmm. d- whatever spiny sea urchin things on the on the seashore mm-hmm. and this is oh let me take chain chomp around and then <laughs> and then you're like but if you wake the wind fish then we'll all disappear mm-hmm. and you're like well uh <laughs> i don't know if i want to do this <laughs> yeah but then it's you know still mostly lighthearted until the end and like everyone's disappearing and you're like wait wait <laughs> <laughs> oh all my friends yeah. <laughs> my new friends not crazy tracy no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the uh, anthropomorphic goat who's catfishing that yeah, guy who no. writes letters <laughs> 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 yeah, we help people with some weird shit in the trading mm-hmm. sequence. <laughs> so what I was going to say was on a scale of like weird, surreal, small town, like from drama to, or like from, yeah, dark to least dark, there's like Twin Peaks and then there's Link's Awakening and then there's like Shit's Creek. Is that what I'm <laughs> to understand? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm really happy with my comparison. <laughs> so yeah, so since it's a dream, all the bosses are nightmares. And as such, they're mostly unique to this game. A couple appear in, like, the Oracle games later, apparently. Um, except we got our buddy Moldorm, the stupid so bouncy mad. worm, back. Mm. <laughs> so mad. I walked into the dungeon and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <Yeah>. He's significantly <laughs> he less frustrating this time. He doesn't but... bounce you out of the fucking room anymore, <laughs> right? I think, I don't remember. Or maybe I think, less yeah. Space. No, he just, I think you fall down and take damage right i'm not sure i, I don't i don't remember out, i just beat him yeah i don't think it fully restarts yeah, it this that time. was the annoying part the annoying part was get, restarting it over and over mm-hmm, again mm-hmm. you're like i've hit this guy 20 times yeah <laughs> why won't you just die yeah. <laughs> uh the final nightmare is kind of interesting though because he sort of took forms where mm-hmm. it almost seems like he sort of became like part of like Link's nightmares instead of the windfishes because mm-hmm. he had like mm-hmm, mm-hmm had like a form that resembled Aghanim and a form that resembled Ganon from A Link to the mm-hmm. Past, even with their like uh like their attack patterns and everything. Which is pretty interesting because mm-hmm. it's like if you played A Link to the Past you kinda know how to deal with them going in. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. you'd have to figure it out if this was your first Zelda game. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, who are these shadows? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it kind of has some interesting lore implications, I think. Does it say that they took over? Like, they took over the Windfish's dream so they mm-hmm. could create this, like, land and be in control of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they're sort of able to, like, read into, like, Link's mind as well. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense because, like, Link is, like, a... It's not like this is... Like, you're... I guess, theoretically, you're, like, actively participating in the dream. Mm-hmm. Like, you're all... You're asleep... Link, as Link, you're asleep, and you're able to manipulate the dream mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the windfish says, like, let's awaken together, mm-hmm. which implies that you're, like, you're mm-hmm. both kind of sharing this dream, even though the windfish created it. And Link is the only one who, like, wakes up except for, like, Marion question mark, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> yeah. but as a seagull or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> they seem to be, like, yeah, it seems to be, like, you're, you're asleep, the windfish is asleep, and you're, like, the... The world that you're in is like 
Ganon or Ganon and Agony have taken over the Windfish and like you're trying to fight through the Windfish's dream and you're asleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm explaining that in a way that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe you can project. Maybe you if you're dreaming, it's your partly your projection as well. Yeah. I mean that kind of like is in line with some of the other things like the Dark Link. Mm-hmm. Another like you have to fight your past, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the uh, standard enemies, um, we've got a pretty, you know, well-established rogues gallery at this point for the <laughs> Zelda series. Um, but Link's Awakening is notable for its many Mario enemies. <laughs> and also Kirby. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, why are we fighting Kirby? <laughs> also, I was like, first of all, I really hated all the platforming, <laughs> personally. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, it is convenient to be able to just slice Goomba with a sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, this is pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kirby it was mostly fine with it, but every once in a while, I would my mind would go like Mario, and so I try to like hit A to jump instead of mm-hmm. the one oh, yeah. button I had the rocks feather assigned oh. to. So I was just like, I don't want to play Mario, <laughs> but it was kind of fun to be like, "Wee, I'm jumping sideways," mm-hmm. and, he, and he does like a spinny animation when he jumps. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did enjoy swimming mm-hmm. <laughs> side, mm-hmm. in the side scroller. Yeah. But yeah, there's cheap cheeps also mm-hmm. from Mario. Yeah, there's cheap cheeps, there's bloopers, <laughs> Goombas, piranha plants, pokies. Spinies. <laughs> There's like fireballs. Mm-hmm. The, the lava dungeon. It's uh, Shy Guys. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. They call them like a mess, Stalfos or whatever. And it's like, that is, you're full of shit. Like, <laughs> this is not, it's not that. <laughs> oh, these are the ones where you have to walk. I can't remember what they're called. You have to it's walk. It's like mask mimics or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They it's like, a mimic. Yeah. Because they like follow you and you have to make them mm-hmm. face away from you and then hit them. Yeah, but they're Shy Guys. Yeah, they're Shy Guys. They're real. <laughs> And Kirby. <laughs> and Kirby. Kirby is kind of horrifying, at least in the uh, the Switch version. Did he... Can you describe in what way he's horrifying? I don't know, I he's just kind of like, version. he's got this sort of like blank expression and just sort of hopping around. He doesn't mm. look like regular Kirby. <laughs> yeah. He... Like, Kirby is like cute, right? Mm. He looks, <laughs> he looks, he like, looks like, a like someone made soulless... like a yeah a soulless copy of Kirby, <laughs> which I guess is why it's called like anti-Kirby or something. But he's still like pink, like he's not like inverse colored or something. Yeah. Like... <laughs> But yeah, he doesn't, it's like, you can tell it's Kirby because it's like a little pink blob that has like vacuum sucking mm-hmm. abilities, but like, he doesn't really look like Kirby. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's the uncanny Kirby Valley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get sucked in by the anti-Kirby? Because I didn't, but I know no, I, I wonder didn't. what happens. <laughs> Do you think I don't he, think I he did just either. hurts you and spits you out or something? Probably. I he should copy your ability and gain a little link hat. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the most horrifying enemy of the game. <laughs> there was like the jumping staffles that like tried to squish you, sit on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which one did you say? There's like a staffos and there's also the jumping staffos oh, that would like yes, try yes, to yes. sit on you. I think yeah. that was like a new evolution in staffos. There was also the annoying one, the giant one that you had to fight like three times oh, in yeah. the one dungeon. He was kind of funny though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, just like, he was good. He's like, you annoying brat. And it's like, all right. He's <laughs> like, oh no, I can't beat you. Run away. Yeah. <laughs> the dialogue was really funny. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about that yet, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it a lot. It was really sassy. Yeah. Where you're like, you at, talk to NPCs and they're like, don't ask me, I'm just a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm telling you to save or whatever. <laughs> I like how the narrator got kind of tripped up with the, um, the goat. The, the picture the goat sent like during the training <laughs> sequence 
It's like, you got the whatever, but that wasn't a picture of... <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the dialogue was for that, for the um, thing, the um, Game Boy version. <laughs> oh, by the way, my... Because uh, I think the dialogue is... I don't know if it's retranslated, but it's definitely, like, rewritten. Mm-hmm. So like, you sent the screenshot of getting the wand later, where it's like, burn everything, burn it all, or whatever. Mm-hmm. In my translation, it said, burn, burn, baby, burn. Because <laughs> 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 I played, I don't think we talked about this, but I played the DX version from on the 3DS, so the eStore version. Mm-hmm. And then, Kayla, you played the Switch yep. new version. And then what did you play, Cosm? I played the Game Boy 1, um, but color, I didn't finish the, it. The, 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 original the original Game Boy. One. Yeah. Okay. So the black but and I white one. Yeah, I didn't finish it, but I had played the switch version back in like january so i beat that i actually finished the game this time this is the first <laughs> the first one well i finished i finished zelda one but this is the first mm. one where i actually felt like we had adequate time to finish mm-hmm. it this time mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like oh i can do like a dungeon in like a few hours this is great <laughs> yeah. the 3ds one didn't have updated controls right it was to support pretty much uh no it didn't have any updated controls as far as i know you could only still use two buttons yeah. And you had to use start to change a lot of things, which could be kind of annoying. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can only equip two things at once, which they I can imagine they would have changed for Switch. They did. Yeah, they changed it. Well, well oh. no, they didn't, but they, like, your sword, I think, had its own, you didn't have to equip your sword, right? It was just equipped always, so it didn't take one of your two slots. Mm-hmm. And I think your Pegasus boots also was on a button, so you didn't oh, have to... Nice. And then I think your power bracelet, you didn't have to equip. It was just a passive, yeah. right? You just walk up to something. That is so definitely like, better because mm-hmm. that was fucking annoying also. Every yeah. time you're walking through the overworld and you need to move a rock, you have to switch your... Because I usually use, like, the sword and then, like, rock's feather, mm-hmm. like, 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was walking around just, like, the overworld. But then you'd walk up to a place and have to move a rock or something and then have to switch to the stupid bracelet. And it's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to have this bracelet on all the time. I want to be able to use other things. Yeah. Game Boy didn't have a lot of buttons. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. But there's, a, but like the flippers were passive. So like there were other, mm-hmm. there was other equipment that you had that was yeah. passive, just not the power bracelet, which is passive in other later Zelda games too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think which they were like, you could just wear it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think they just re- they realized they're like, hmm, this is annoying. We should. <laughs> Well, was it wasn't it passive in Link to the Past too? Link to the Past. Yeah, Link to the Past. You just pick. You just were allowed to pick things up. I don't think you had to equip anything. Did you? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Well, I think um, you could pick stuff up from the beginning in Link to the Past. But so. then when you got got an upgrade, yeah. Like you didn't, but I'm saying, like, yeah. I think they made like picking things up at all was like its own like upgrade in Link's Awakening. Yeah. So I guess they it made sense at the time that they put it on its own button, but. And I'm going to turn on whatever this is, Link's Awakening. That's the one on Game Boy Advance, right? Yes. It is. Well, I guess I you still would need a button for picking things up unless you made it contextual. So yeah. it kind of makes sense to make it its own item. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can just pick things up. There's. Oh, wait, no, you have a gauntlet. Oh. It's a passive ability, though. But, okay. yeah, I think that upgraded, like, an already existing passive I think you're ability, right. though. So okay, I think it was just sort of conceptualized differently from the two games. You start over and find out at the beginning. <laughs> you can always grab Cosm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think like Link's Awakening treated like picking things up as its own like upgrade. Mm-hmm. So I guess it kind of makes sense because like it would have had to have a. You were just talking about that because like it would have had to have a button. So I guess assigning it to an item makes as much sense as anything. You have to use the A button for dialogue, like to interact with things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
but then it's kind of i guess you could be using it or you could be it's contextual mm-hmm. i don't know what I'm yeah. to say. but i think that also they use those like um, heavy things as like um blockers to progression so it's a it's also a way of like gating until you get the power bracelet so mm-hmm. i guess there's that yeah but yeah. they could have done what they did in the nes one which is like you can pick up pots but like you can't pick up heavier things until mm-hmm. like you get an upgrade mm-hmm. i don't know maybe because they plan for it to be a mechanic too because like a lot of the dungeons you have to pick up heavy things like you have to pick up the ball in the last yeah. in the eagle's tower and you have to mm-hmm. like <laughs> pick up the undead chicken <laughs> yeah it is more places. of a mechanic than it is in a lot of other games so i guess that's why mm-hmm. you make yeah. it a tool because basically in the first one like you just pick up the one we we're talking about in um Link to the, the past. past yeah you pick up like pots and stuff from the get-go yeah mm-hmm. i mean also it was it's an old game i don't yeah. know like <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> yeah they're still figuring shit was, out right it was also i think developed by people who weren't necessarily originally on the same team so maybe that's like not something that is a mechanic they decided like not to reuse or mm-hmm. whatever i don't know but it was annoying i agree mm-hmm. with that <laughs> so it's nice that they fixed that or they had changed that in the switch version yeah yeah, they didn't make a lot of changes other than visually, obviously, to the Switch version, but there's, like, quality of life stuff, like being able to have more than one item <laughs> assigned to your buttons yes. at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, since we have four buttons, we yeah. have to well use all of them. Or the Switch has, if you're using the, it has multiple shoulders. It has, like, eight buttons, probably, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it has two shoulders on each and then the four buttons mm-hmm. and a G-pad and two sticks, so. Yeah, I think it, <laughs> I think the shoulder buttons were hard-coded. I know one of them's the uh, Pegasus boots. I can't remember what the other one was. Hmm. Um, was it a sh- shield? Maybe. Yeah, I think it might have been. That would also have been um, convenient. Yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. there's one point where you get an upgraded shield, and it's like, well, I'll never use this because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I only ever use. Uh, I used it like one time. I used my shield like once. Mm-hmm. I had it equipped like once for one thing. Yeah, and then um, B was your sword. And then A was interact, and then X and Y you could assign the items, I believe. Yep. So. Yep, yep. So yeah, I pretty much always had the rock's feather assigned to one of them, and then I'd switch mm-hmm. out the other one depending on what I yeah. needed. That is nice. Mm-hmm. So luxurious. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to like start in the middle of a thing, like in the middle of a battle, to switch between like three items or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Were you done with your um, segment, Kayla? Yeah. Okay. I just went on a tangent about <laughs> picking up pots. <laughs> <laughs> well then, let's talk about the gameplay. Okay, seamless segue. Yeah! (laughs) So, um, in the original game, you can only use two items at a time. (laughs) I stayed, I stayed (laughs) Begrudgingly. (laughs) Yeah, um, it's interesting because your sword is one of those, so you could choose which, like, to put your sword on A or sword to B, which was also confusing because sometimes my sword's on A, sometimes it's on B. I don't purposely keep it on B because, like, when you play Zelda, sword is on B, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of funny, though, because you could switch that around for, like, most of these early games. You can. But... The other cool thing you can do, which Cosmo is probably going to talk about, I'm probably jumping the gun, is that you can put the bow, you can equip the bow and the bombs together, and you can, if you click both buttons at the same time, hmm. then it'll send a bomb arrow, which was cool. Yeah. yeah, so yeah you could, but you have to take your sword off to do mm-hmm. that, because yes. you only got two slots. Oh, yeah, I think I remember reading, like, a while ago <laughs> that, like, that was, like, originally kind of an exploit, and then it sort of became a, like, mechanic bomb in later arrows? games. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if it was this game that it was an exploit, but like, maybe I don't know. I mean, it was convenient. I don't think I used. You don't really have to use. The thing is, like, you only use arrows for so many enemies. Like most of the nightmares, you have to use your sword anyway. So it's kind of like, meh. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I feel like the bow is like a really powerful item in later games, but it's kind of mm-hmm. wimpy in these earlier games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You only use it specialized times. I guess 3D, 3D kind of makes it better. <laughs> there was one boss where it was like, I really wish I could strafe instead of walking instead of mm-hmm. facing the left and right. I think it was the it was the spider Goma. It was the spider I one, which I think comes. I think it's Goma. Mm-hmm. Am I crazy? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the Gomas in this game, right? <laughs> but yeah, so you have to you have to shoot Goma in the eye or whatever whatever that boss's name is in the eye. But yeah, you have to fucking walk. Like you have yeah. to walk <laughs> facing the other way and then turn and then shoot and then walk facing the other way. And it's like. Yeah, if I if only I could just continue to face you, it would be really convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think Z targeting is like a revelation when it comes to the bow and arrow for the series. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and pointing the um, the Wii U gamepad up and down. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! I hate that. So. <laughs> yep. So interestingly, there are no new items really, uh, in this game. Um, there's trade items; those are new. Uh, keys to get into. Uh, Did you slippers? There were yeah. slippers in the other one. Yeah, or was it a was it a mask like a scuba set? I don't remember. I feel like one of them it was a scuba set and the others flippers. Well, you have to get Zora flippers in one of them. In the I think it was linked to the past. I think it was the last game we played. Oh, yeah, I guess the yeah. Zora flippers. But yeah. they were. I think they were. Were they equipable? I don't think so. I think they just. I think it was the same. Yeah, it's like in your inventory, and you just yeah, automatically you just, swim. You walk into water, and yeah, yeah. But the, the, you needed keys to get into the dungeons, which is new. Oh, yeah, I guess that is new. Yeah, so, like, the trade quests, you know, that's kind of new. Yeah, the greatest Zelda item, a can of dog food. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear an interest, or I read an interesting thing that was, I guess, is controversial, is that the the mermaid's item is, like, her, the thing that she tr- gives you the scale after you give it to her that she dropped. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it is in this game, but apparently in the original, like, Japanese version of the game and in other localizations, it's her top. So it's like her bikini top. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> it's a necklace in the um, Oh, her necklace yeah. in the American version. Yes. Yeah, which they oh. made like um official across the board in the Switch version cuz you actually okay. like, have a visual <laughs> like representation of the necklace. So. Yeah. They put all the item representations in the dialogue, which was really funny. Mm-hmm. So it's like the blank became the blank the emoticon became the emoticon basically it was really funny oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's like your can turned into a banana or whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's just really amusing but yeah so i think that'd be something that would be easy to change when you localized it but i was like how rude i want the scantilous mermaid in this game <laughs> so yeah no no new items but a lot of new mechanics and such mm-hmm. um uh, you got like chick the 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 zombie chicken zombie that you get to go with. You've got the um, chain chomp. <laughs> Great, the, the greatest item of them all. <laughs> mm-hmm. They had the seashells, a collectible that gave you power ups. Oh, yeah. I didn't get enough seashells to power up my sword. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. I didn't really need it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't either. I guess it would have been slightly easier to have a powered up sword, but you don't need it in mm-hmm. this game to finish. Yeah, there are a couple enemies yeah. where I'm like, how many times do I have to hit this guy? But, <laughs> yeah. but then just use your boomerang, because apparently yeah. it kills him in like, one hit <laughs> or whatever, which is hilarious. Yeah, because I always feel like the boomerang is like an early weak item in a lot of the games, but it's kind of yeah. OP in this game. Even in, yeah, in this um, game, you... <laughs> it got nerfed a little bit in the Switch version, but it was still a really powerful Aww. item. Ooh. <laughs> there was one, I think it was Goma, where if you just hit them, hit them in the eye with the boomerang, it's like one hit. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, I think it was. I can check. But I was like, this is the best. <laughs> I had to, at that point, I had to use a guide because I was running out of time. So gotcha. it was like, just use your boomerang. And I was like, whoa, great hack. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> 
I have three hearts left, so let's do this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Some new additions are the owl comes by and gives you hints on where to go, mm -hmm. which I think was something that we talked about last time, how like there's just not very much direction and like... Mm -hmm. So that, that was kind of nice. In the Game Boy versions, you get a stone slab in the that you put into like a wall. In the Switch oh. version, it's um, a beak yes. that you put into an owl statue. And they give you hints about how to get through the dungeon. Some of them are, are pretty much like, like there's one in particular where you have to kill uh, the three enemies in a specific order. That... Oh, mm -hmm. I forgot that one was really annoying. Yeah, you so you had to f a suppressed memory. <laughs> yeah, you, so you had to find that one and you know kill yeah. it the right way. I like the overworld statues that didn't really tell you anything. Like it was just my like, favorite yeah, is yeah, the yeah. one who's like the wind fish is neither wind nor fish. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I disagree. He's like a way a mammal with wings. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> teeny tiny little wings. Yeah, mm -hmm. but he can, he's obviously ethereal, so yeah. it doesn't matter. The Game Boy. Oh, Cosm, the Game Boy DX, the game, the DX version for Game Boy Color had um, little owl beaks also. Oh, it was an owl beak. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know that. So another nice feature of this game is you've got the teleports uh, that yes. can take you to the mini boss. Yes. Those are very nice. We were complaining about those last time, but mm -hmm. also this game's significantly easier. So much easier. I found it's definitely there are definitely hard parts and parts where I get stuck, but like. I didn't need them nearly as much as I would have in Link to the Past, but that's okay. There were definitely parts where I, it was something that I had to do over and over again, like because I couldn't do it well. Um, like the thing that's coming to mind is like moving the block where you have to like fill in the floor, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. like yeah, killing those enemies, or those the, the enemies that were the three that you had to match up. Oh yeah, oh, that always yeah, took yeah, me yeah. forever. Where it's yeah. just like it's not hard; it's just like very tedious or like requires a certain timing. precise timing yeah. yeah 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 but like this game was definitely more linear like you got way more guidance about where to go mm -hmm. although some of it was was like the trading quests was not as um that was more challenging that was not as guided and i was um... like i know that i need to get a stupid can <laughs> but mm -hmm. like where am i supposed to get a can it's like yeah. oh if i talk to the Baby Bow Wow would give me dog food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like it was always obvious when someone wanted something, it just wasn't obvious yes. what they'd give you in return. Yes. Yeah. So, like, you just had to be like, okay, well, I guess I'll give, keep giving people things until I <laughs> get what I need. Yeah. <laughs> keep talking mm -hmm. to NPCs until you get mm -hmm. the item that you need. Oh, what item did you trade to get the boomerang? Maybe that's just a Game Boy thing. There aren't enough items. You have to trade an item, right? Mm -hmm. to get the so, yeah, that, that was something that in the Switch version, you still have to give him an item, but you can buy it back for 300 rubies. Oh. So, um... I thought it had to be the shovel, or there are other things you could give him. You could give him anything you wanted, apparently, but I was like, take my shovel, I don't need him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I thought he wouldn't take other things. Maybe... I heard... Well, I read that he would take anything, but I wanted to give him the shovel. Yeah. So. And, so, and the Game Boy version, at least... Yeah, I read that you had to switch back and forth, so if... If the, you needed that item you gave to him, you'd have to go back and switch back either with the yeah, boomerang or something else. Him, you can yeah. trade him back the boomerang or whatever, but why would you do that when it can kill things so mm -hmm. easily? <laughs> if you ever, if you miss something with a shovel, I guess maybe a but seashell like, that you wanted to complete. I guess, yeah, I yeah. guess. Um, they added some other some nice um, mini games. Right, they oh, yeah. got the they got the crane game. I got the Yoshi. I did yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I got all the Mario oh. statues because in the Switch version oh. they put a bunch of Mario figurines in there. 
Mm-hmm. Once I got the hang of it, I had fun with it. So I was like, yeah, I want to go back and see if there's a new figurine. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah, I really didn't like the um, Game Boy version as much. The The Switch one was a lot more fun. The other mm-hmm. one was... I just got the Yoshi to start the trading quest, and then yeah. I didn't do anything, or whatever it was to finish the quest, side quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't go back. Even though you yeah. can get good items, I think, from there. But mm-hmm. yeah. And then um, the fishing minigame is the other one that comes to mind. First appearance of the fishing minigame. <laughs> classic of the series. And then in the Switch version, there's uh, Dampy's Trials. Is that what it was called? Oh, yeah, the panel dungeons or whatever. It's yeah. Like you could like, make so, your own dungeons. <gasps> yeah, so what it does is any room that you've completed, Dampy would give you different shapes that you have to fill the in, like a heart, and you have to put rooms in and, and organize it and then play the dungeon. That sounds mm-hmm. fun. It's cool. Yeah, I had a little yeah, fun Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good way to... It was grind rupees early on because you could just fill yes. your dungeon with uh, treasure chests mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> smart mm-hmm. that was one of the things like the cut of your jib <laughs> arrows cost what like 960 rubies so, or something yes, like that yeah. the bow costs like oh my god i think you can steal them if you, you can want to be called thief for the rest of the game <laughs> yes which is hilarious yeah you can apparently just walk out with it i just uh yeah. grinded for like 100 extra rupees <laughs> i went on youtube to see the um secret ending because i also did not get through without dying <laughs> and um, the person who uploaded it had said, like, it was like, well done, thief. And I was like, ha, they stole something. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. I just um, I just grinded for one rupee at a time because, <laughs> yep. you know, whatever. But going through the dungeons and stuff, if you die a lot, you also get a lot of rupees. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I had almost enough by the time I needed to buy it. Were the other minigames... Oh, there's that Rapids uh, run thing. Oh, oh yeah, 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 the Rapids. I can't believe I forgot that. Um, yeah, there's. I, I, I didn't get to it in the Game Boy version, but I, they said that there was something about it was different. Like, they, it was a weirded word. I didn't fully understand. <laughs> um, I didn't do it, so don't look at me. Yeah, okay, then. With your voice. Yeah. I messed up like, a little bit. But... So in the original, the Rapids ride had no time trial and no Rapids raid. Whereas in the Switch version, you have both. What did it have if it didn't have either of those? Right? <laughs> Is it... So, I don't know. I mean, there was one in the DX. There was a river, like, a, the river thing in the DX version. I don't know if there was one in the original Game Boy version. Anyway. Um... Good. Knowledgeable podcast host. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Games have um... a variable experience. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that so you're, you're talking about... Your huh? copy of Link's Awakening is uh, customized or whatever that <laughs> Mario 64 thing is. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. The rumor... I think that, that can't possibly be true. No. It's the, the brainwashing silly, one? Yeah. Silly, <laughs> weird, creepypasta thing. Although, mm. apparently, there's different versions of the final maze that you have to go through to get to the final... the uh the like the shadow battle inside the egg oh yeah, oh, yeah. you get your pass from like a book in the library yeah mm-hmm. but there's there's only a few variations but there are variations apparently I think there's like three at least in the game boy version so there's technically variation some variation mm-hmm. <laughs> the other thing i was gonna say was which i think you kind of touched on this because there at least the warps were added but so i found the map kind of annoying sometimes like, you'd have to, like, walk, like, around a thing and then, like, up and over and around to, like, get to one place sometimes. So, like, the overworld map? Yeah, the overworld yes. map. Yes, yes. The overworld map was was wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they added a lot more um, fast travel points in the Switch version, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you'd have to be, like, walk 
up you this do your mambo down. to get to. In the in the Game Boy version, Mambo's Mambo Mambo's Mambo only takes you to Mambo's Pond, mm-hmm. which is outside Crazy Tracy's house. You can go more than one place in um in the Switch version. Yeah, there's several oh. um, there's several points uh, across the map, which is nice. That is nice. So it would it would take you to um did you found the teleporter like yeah 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 there's yeah, one would... in outside Maid Village one in Animal Village one by the castle or the waterfalls kind of in between yeah and there's one. On the mountain, I think. I can't remember where the last one is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, think Mambo's convenient. Mambo can take you to any of those and also a couple other points that they added. Oh, so. mm-hmm. how convenient. It's nice. Yeah. And they, they added uh, those warp, warp points in other locations, right? Or was it only the same? They added some more, I believe. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Because um, there's like those ones that are like up on pedestals, which I think were there originally, but um, mm-hmm. they could travel between. But then they also added a couple that were just like spots on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, yeah, when you w- entered one in the Switch, you got to choose where you landed next. In the Game Boy version, you it just cycled to the next one, whichever like one that you had next that you've unlocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would go through the same order every mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. if that's what you're trying to say. So yeah. You have to hop back in and out to go to different places. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's change. Trans- oh, no, actually, I have one more thing to say about the gameplay, <laughs> which is kind of very obvious. One of the first things I should have said, but... um. <laughs> It's an overhead, you know, oh, yeah. 2D, but then um, there'd be, like, stairs or things that would take you into a uh, side-scrolling 2D experience, yes. mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. Side-scrolling uh, was brought back. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a throwback to the original game where it had those little oh, yeah. segments, but it also felt like a, like a Mario, like, underground segment, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You expect it to be like, do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With all the Mario characters, too, yeah. especially. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't... Like I said, I was kind of, I found some of the side-scrolling things, like the platforming aspects annoying. Like, it's not like I didn't like they were those, like, you have those sections, but mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to be platforming. That's my personal. Yeah. Complaint. Yeah, like, it's not really built for platforming. Yeah. Especially when you have to switch to, like, okay, well, now I need yes. the Pegasus boots and the Rock's Feather, and then immediately after that, I need There's to switch like, out to this. There's platforming and, like, in the dungeon that we don't need to have a platforming yeah. level. I, I, I mean, it was still a fun game. I enjoyed it, but the Switch just... Mm-hmm. Makes it yeah. a lot of improvements. Yeah, I agree. yeah. I think the um, yeah the improvements added by having more buttons in the uh, Switch <laughs> remake were a very good improvement. <laughs> yes, there's a difference between the original Game Boy game and the in the DX one, which is the Color Dungeon, which I think was also there in the um, Switch version. Switch. Yes, yeah, I yes, didn't it do was. it. Though. <laughs> yeah. I, I read I the little it. library book that showed me how to get there, and I was like, I don't feel like doing that. So yeah, <laughs> there's also the camera quest in the DX version. So there's mm-hmm. this like side quest where there's a camera and it takes every time there's like certain encounters it'll like there's a photographer that shows up and takes photos of you and you could print them with the Game Boy printer. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I did not participate in that quest at all cuz I don't care, but mm-hmm. but it's kind of cute. It takes little photos and you can print them. So it's yeah. funny. Yeah, I think that got yeah. replaced by a uh, Dompei's shack in the mm, Switch version. That makes sense. Mm. I still I had a Game Boy printer, didn't I? I didn't. <laughs> nope. Do you, you don't have it anymore? I don't think so it might be in a box somewhere i don't think they sell the paper for it anymore <laughs> i don't know there's probably somebody making it people still make polaroid oh, it's basically just so. like receipt paper so i wonder if you could just put it's basically a receipt mm-hmm. printer kind of isn't mm-hmm. it like mm-hmm. it was a heap i don't know i've never had one but it's cool yeah. the concept is cool apparently there was a game boy i think it was a game boy sewing machine yeah <laughs> did you hear about this mm-hmm. what yes and it would it would embroider things like you could program stuff in the game boy and then it would like embroider it mm-hmm. weird basically yeah, it it's like rad. A, yeah, like linked to like a 
singer sewing machine or something. And... Yeah, and there aren't that many of them. Yeah. They're very rare. It's cool. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. They're, I kind of want one in my heart, but then I wouldn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there are times I just kind of want to, like, start, like, a, like, game museum in my house. <laughs> I'm just like... Yeah. It's like, I want a virtual boy. I'm never going to use it. I just want to have one. So much <laughs> yeah, it's like every time I go to some kind of, like, game convention and I'm in the dealer's room is when I'm, like, I'm, like, looking at this thing. I'm like, I want it. I don't need it. <laughs> it would just sit on my shelf, but I want it. I'm so yeah. proud of myself for, like, modifying my Game Boy Advance stuff. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the backlight screen. But oh, be, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those other things that are, like, rare technology. It's, like, it would be so hard if something happened to it to, like, break mm-hmm. it. Like, who's going to repair it? Anyway, whatever, but. Anyway, nostalgia, what's the next topic that you have? Uh, I've got the differences between the versions. Oh, okay. I should have waited because I just talked about some of the differences, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So, especially with, between the Switch version, there's a lot more differences. Mm-hmm. Um, some, a lot of the quality improvements, like we talked about with the button changes and uh, Dampy's Grave Trials, Tomb whatever what? it was called. <laughs> his, uh, Dampy buries his... you alive and makes you solve puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of uh, other quality of life changes, like um, they uh, they changed some enemies so that you need the, your shield a little more. Hmm. So some, especially enemies with shields, what they'll do is they'll like go and stab you and if you block it, they get stunned and that's how you... Yeah. Um, whereas in the Game Boy, you didn't really need your shield for much of anything. You just fling your sword at them over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, kind of like those enemies. There's like nice, uh, mm-hmm. a nice little loop, like blocking them and then hitting them. Yeah. The heart containers dropped by bosses, you could skip them in the Switch version, whereas in the Game Boy ones, you need to pick those up in order to open the door to yeah, the... why would instrument. you? <laughs> Speedrunners. Okay, people well, like to do um, three heart trials and or that games too. too. Oh, okay, where you don't pick up any heart containers or heart pieces. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I'm not thinking outside the box enough. <laughs> um, let's see the hook shot. They've made it so that you could just uh, use the hook shot a lot more uh, on on a lot more things, but it does less damage than it did in the original. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, some, like, visual changes, uh, some aesthetics. <laughs> some, like, whole new visual changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the visual style. It's so unique. It's just, very cute. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of claymation-y. Um, mm-hmm. Little, the textures like, toy yes. style. Yeah. And <laughs> have you... Oh, my God. Hold on. <laughs> Anyone who hasn't seen the uh, the Switch version, when you do the fishing mini game, and you catch something, Link has just this, like... The look on his face is just, it's too good. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like, <laughs> he looks at the camera with his, like, mouth open. He looks really and... happy. <laughs> yeah. I think he does a little nod of the head, too, which really, like, I don't know. He just seems so pleased with himself. <laughs> he looks pretty pleased. Yeah. Look at his tiny arms. <laughs> <laughs> it must be hard to fish when you're so mm-hmm. tiny. Yeah, he looks a little silly, like, climbing ladders. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know the 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 art style of it is very very cute it is very charming mm-hmm. oh yeah the chess pieces the switch version they move like normal chess knights you know two squares and then one square whereas in the original they kind of don't have any rhyme or reason to the directions the that they go statues that you have to throw mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah, I found that also really annoying and confusing. <laughs> yeah. In 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 the Switch version they made it so that they always go the exact same pattern. Hmm. 
Um, I think they do so kind of go good. like a certain pattern depending on where it like hits because they always reset to the same direction. But I just mm. couldn't figure out what that pattern was. They got fairies that you can put in bottles. Oh, in the Switch version? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's no f- fairies in bottles in the... Are there bottles in the... I don't think so. I don't like think there were. No. You can get Crazy Tracy's medicine. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't... The fairies don't actually work like normal fairies, though. Like, you have to manually use them. They don't come out to revive oh. you. Because mm-hmm. uh, Tracy's medicine does that. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. so you can like use them a... on yourself. Yeah, it's just sort of like having a like powerful potion with you or something. Mm. Yeah. I would have enjoyed that, but I didn't... I didn't fully die enough times that it mattered. I probably only, in that situation, I probably, where it was like a boss that I really needed Crazy Chasey's medicine for, I think that only happened like maybe two times in the whole game where I like wanted to stay in this, I, like it didn't matter if I just regenerated in another part of the room or, or at the beginning of the dungeon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was only a couple times. And then when that happened, which it did happen, I just made a save state right before fighting the boss, and then I would just go and restart it instead of walking back through the dungeon, yeah. because yeah. fuck that. Um, and then, you know, just more tradables, more collectibles, more warp zones that we talked about, things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about all the differences between the DX and the original. They have the color dungeon, mm-hmm. um... It's also the photograph in, in color, most notably. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And now uh, it's time for some speed runs. Oh, yeah, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to play this game for like thirty hours, <laughs> you could then drop your your playtime down to as low as three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> yep. There's a, a warp uh, glitch that uh, within the, the world record is two minutes and 54 what? seconds. <laughs> yeah. How did you get all the crap? It's any percent run. Okay. Yeah, it's not a, yeah. I think every speed run that has like a, a couple minutes record has some kind of wrong warp glitch. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're just saying you can like warp to like the final boss and then fight them or something? Yup. Okay. <laughs> now, if you wanted to play more officially and do warpless, that's... Uh, a whopping 41 minutes and 59 seconds. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, this this record is one year old. The any percent record is eight years old. Hmm. So that hasn't been... Uh, so nobody's been able to do it faster, basically. Yeah. For eight years. For eight years. But this years. is the warp... Yeah, the warp version. The warp one. Yeah, the, the, the three-minute one. Okay. There's probably a limit to how fast you can beat those bosses because, like... Even if you hit them every single time, they all have like sequences in between where they're animated, like the shadow ones and stuff. So it's probably also not that exciting to pursue. No, nope. my guess is if the the just with that time limit and the bosses, you'd probably have to skip the the final bosses. I don't think you have enough time to fight because you don't have the items to beat it. Because I think you need arrows. Well, well you, you, get can, a you could you could steal those. You get a shield, you get your sword, you get the arrows. How do, what's the condition for beating the game that you... Yeah, so for any percent, it's... Sequence? Yeah, you get you get the cutscene, like the, the credits, basically. Mm-hmm. That's, I you can that, warp to the credits. Yeah, so that's, that's probably what what, uh, what that is. Yeah, probably like warps to like the room where you talk to the windfish or something. It yeah. Wor- yeah, it warps yeah, to like, the last... That screen. Yeah. I guess it would have to, because that windfish's speech at the end is pretty long, so... Mm-hmm. I know in Ocarina of Time, 
there's a glitch where in the first boss done uh, the dungeon boss if you grab a bottle with um no oh no you you glitch to trick the game into thinking you have a bottle with bugs mm -hmm. and then uh you some weird setup of dropping the bugs picking them up playing a song on your not ocarina I think, mm -hmm. and then you get to leave the dungeon, and it thinks that you are at the first. Yeah, like you beat the first phase of like, Ganondorf. Yeah, it takes you to like when the tower is collapsing at the end of the game. Yeah, games. <laughs> and so you have just the last phase of Ganondorf to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, there's things. So that's 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 the the best like wrong warp that I know of that that mm -hmm. takes you to like the end. But I think there are some that just trick the game into thinking that you're done and take you to the credits mm -hmm. yeah i know there's like a pokemon one where it's like you walk out your door and you're in the hall of fame like <laughs> at the very beginning it's like because you like manipulate this the game mm -hmm. data pokemon is very broken <laughs> yes. pokemon is a pokemon has a, a lot of things that you can do yeah. that are like easy to do right like mm -hmm. missing number is really easy yeah i mean mm -hmm. everyone on the stuff. playground when i was a kid knew how to you know infinitely multiply their rare candies and master balls and stuff i could yeah. still do that right now if i whipped it out i, I would know that i would know the procedure i know the procedure but, like the back of my hand i could do it but right i now. didn't play pokemon that much <laughs> as a child yeah yep my permanent my permanently fucked up hall of fame because I, <laughs> I encountered missing now <laughs> excellent uh, memories <laughs> okay just i mean you can always get another copy but it's actually really funny because you like go in to check your Hall of Fame and like the music would get all weird and you get all these. It's mm. like here's your Hall of Fame Pokemon and it's like all these glitch sprites and weird <laughs> cries. And you're like, ah, oh, yes, my loyal team. That's <laughs> <laughs> like horrifying but also hilarious. The speedrun I watched was actually for for the Switch version, and it was surprisingly interesting. I thought that you know it was a remake, but they touched up a lot of things. There wouldn't be nearly as many glitches or anything, but. There is some really wild stuff you that think. you could do, right? <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't know they made games so glitchy. Still, I mean, like you've seen Breath of the Wild glitches, though. That's like, true. Some... That's true. <laughs> I think a lot of times they just like leave those glitches in that aren't gonna like most people aren't going to encounter, and it's not gonna like break the game. Yeah, they're deep partially because yeah, partially because it's not a priority. But I think there's also sort of an awareness of like the speedrun community as a yeah like fairly significant, you know part of the gaming community nowadays so mm -hmm. like i've seen like some like behind the scenes like chat with chats with developers where they're like i eh, will leave that in for the speedrunners or whatever so. <laughs> <laughs> so the speed run for Link's awakening uh i mean a common strategy with a lot of zelda games is rush to somewhere save quit to respawn where you need to do a lot of rushing to get the item in a dungeon and then not finishing the boss mm. um to just move on to the next one so you can come back later and do it much faster. Mm -hmm. One of the the first interesting things that I saw was they grabbed a chicken. <laughs> but not the blue chicken. A different. No, I don't think so. You know, I think You know it's a good glitch oh, when it starts with grabbing was, a chicken. Yes. That was another <laughs> big um, difference between the two is that uh, the Game Boy versions, it you transitioned from screen to screen, whereas yes. with the Switch version, it was pretty much one overworld. That makes sense. Yeah, so you can grab a chicken and then like just... So if you get sucked in by a like like the same time you have a chicken, he, you just jump up really high and then you can float <gasps> and like get on top of the trees and just walk on top. And then what? if you have the rocks feather, you can like jump from one tree to the next, stuff like that. Uh, similarly, the little pincer worms. Yeah, the grabby ones. Yeah. Those guys creep me out the first time I saw them. Mm -hmm. Their little mm -hmm. eyes and the 
and they miss. Lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you stun one of them, and then you can grab their, you could grab their head and throw it onto a tree. <laughs> you, I think you got to stun them again because you know they're gonna wake up too soon. And then if you fall into their pit, you let you respawn on top of them, and you just <laughs> they're a bridge now on top of the trees. <laughs> What will these speedrunners think of next? <laughs> so, well, okay, so another one was the fox in the, the Mabe village. Okay. So if you hit him, he will attack you back. Oh, yeah. And so they basically play this game of tag where you hit him and walk, and then he comes after you. And you hit him, and you walk, and he comes after you. And you take him to the waterfall. Get to a point where, like, just because of, he, like, he attacks you, you plant a bomb, you jump, you die... <laughs> You recover with the um, Tracy's... Yeah. Crazy Tracy's... Crazy Tracy's... Crazy medicine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And now you're on top of the keyhole, and you just jump right in, and you can skip opening the waterfall. Mm. Yup. But, like, (laughs) it was a process of of taking that fox and, you know... Yeah, I imagine. (laughs) Because that's not close to the waterfall. No. No. It's It's very far. (laughs) Many screens across and up and around... Hit under and over. <laughs> and then you remember the big big Salphos guy that you had to fight several times? Yes. So what you want to do is for <laughs> the very last one, uh, the, the last time you fight him, you want to have him attack you and go into a corner and kill him so that he's in the very bottom right corner. Because when the hookshot comes out of him, you plant a bomb and the, the hookshot is going to jump like over your head and then you pick up the bomb at just the right time so that you're too busy holding a bomb to pick up the the hook shot but the hook shot is in the way like the bomb the, the, the bomb wants to go higher up so it's not touching the hook shot so it does that but you're holding on to the bomb so you go up too <laughs> but now the the hook shot's like no 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 hold on i got to go up too and it's this loop of bomb goes up you go up hook shot goes up and you just fly. You just float away. You float away. And <laughs> where you end up is a, is very particular. Like, uh, it's based on your exact location and th- like of where you like killed him and things. So if you do it right, you end up in the instrument room. And you just you skip the whole boss of that dungeon. Oh, convenient. If you do it wrong, you <laughs> are right there at the... Um, boss room so you still have to fight them but you still save a, a decent amount of time <laughs> you don't have the hook shot though you have to go back to get the hook shot <laughs> um because you were too busy flying to pick it up i mean i think i'd be pretty distracted if i was flying with a bomb in my hand <laughs> <laughs> i know custom was like what you do is this i was like what i do is 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 like try to fight the the giant staffos and then have to do it more than one time i don't know what skill level you think that we're doing this at <laughs> in dungeon eight uh you do something similar uh you want to you plant a bomb and you get hit at the same time that the hinox grabs you and he just feels bad for you so he throws you uh to the musical instrument so you skip that <laughs> boss too <laughs> I hated that That's guy. Side note. Yeah. The Hinox? Hinox. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Like, stop grabbing me. Oh, did they throw you out of the dungeon? Or to the beginning of the dungeon or something? No, he just throws you into the wall, but it's like I could... It's yeah. like I'd, like, barely recover, and then he's grabbed me again. I'm like, stop. That's kind of annoying. <laughs> there was that one annoying enemy that would punch you and send you back to the dungeon. Oh, yeah, I didn't like that guy either. 
That was annoying. <laughs> I can't remember what it was called. It's like a little dude with little boxing yeah, gloves. The first thing, yeah, the first time he hit me and it sent me flying. I was like, what? <laughs> How rude. That's when I made the save file right outside. I made the save point right outside the room because I was like, I'm not walking back through the dungeon. I guess as it changes the it's Switch version, he only sent me back to like the beginning of his section of the dungeon rather than the oh, beginning okay. of the whole dungeon. But no, it, was, it would send you all the way back. But I was still like, what? <laughs> that was like the Mulduga of this game. <laughs> the, mm, it's, mm-hmm. Not Mulduga. What is the... Muldorm. Uh, Muldura. Uh, <laughs> the worm. <laughs> the yeah. annoying worm. He was like the last mini boss though, so... Yeah, it's it was fine. for him to be annoying. Only compared did... to Muldorm was like the fourth dungeon yeah i was like how dare you yeah (laughs) there's some precision stuff like there's one where you jump from stairs onto candles and (laughs) you then have to like slowly inch along the wall to like skip um in a side scroller room or something no no like yeah somewhere else so like you're on the candle and you jump and you're like somewhere you're not supposed to be you're like (laughs) like in the wall and you have to like be very careful not to let the wall push you off Hmm. And you can, like, skip um, other, like, barriers, like, walls and stuff like that that way. Mm-hmm. And with uh, Zombie Rooster, <laughs> there's this weird thing where if you pick him up, so you, like, throw him up on top of a ladder and position it just right so that, like, you climb the ladder and pick him up at the same time and then maybe even jump off, you go flying up. <laughs> and so while you're climbing Death Mountain... You can actually, you go so far up that you go behind Death Mountain, and so you can walk behind the Dreamfish <laughs> and go all the way to the next dungeon and all that. Oh, so, fancy. Yeah. So uh, some wild stuff, some very cool, crazy things that, um, what I enjoy from speedruns. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing the documented glitches mm-hmm. is amusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember what game it was, but like one of my favorite speedruns. It's like you have to play like 20 minutes of a completely different game. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then like switch cartridges and it like does something to the. <laughs> what? Does something to like the starting stage of the other game. <laughs> oh, I wonder That's what that is. Wild. That is wild. I, I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, I think one of the games was Paper Mario, but I can't remember what the other game was. And I can't remember if that was the game being speedrun or the game you have to play 20 minutes of, but it was really funny. <laughs> Because the like the exhibit, it was one of those like games done quick exhibitions or whatever, and then they're like, mm-hmm. it's like so we're here speed running whatever game while well, it's a completely different game on the screen. Speedruns break through from Mario by using Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thirty minutes. Yeah, so I think I clicked it because yeah, I think I clicked it because I was like I like Paper Mario, and then it had like Ocarina of Time up on the screen, and I was like <laughs> this is intriguing. <laughs> So as you mentioned, as we've talked about, this game has been redone multiple times or like re-released multiple times. And the original Game Boy version of this game was we're we're back to eight bit graphics, y'all. It's the <laughs> the height of handheld games? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I find that graphical style so nostalgic because like all the Game Boy games kind of look like that, mm-hmm. especially like uh, especially like RPGs yes. and stuff. And I don't know what it is about Game Boy music versus like like the nes and the snes like music that we were listening to before it was like nice like it was good but there's something about game boy music that like sounds different to me and i tried googling it down a rabbit hole and i couldn't figure out like (laughs) if there was some kind of technical specification or maybe it's just i think it might just be nostalgia value in Mm -hmm. my brain somehow that on a level that i can't even recognize but i enjoyed the game boyness of this game very much yeah Mm -hmm. um both in the graphics and the music. 
but especially the music. But yeah, so it's off. It's pixely, as we know. And the Game Boy, like the um, DX release, was basically the same graphics but colored, like full color. And I think it'll be interesting to see what happens later. So this game was originally released, like I said, for Game Boy, the original Game Boy. But we're going to play a Game Boy Color game later. We're going to play Oracle Seasons and Oracle of Ages. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, I read that cartridge technology improved later on in the lifespan of the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. And so I think especially the Game Boy Color. So we might see um, difference and improvement in the in the graphics later. But uh, we'll we'll keep that in mind for later, I think. Yeah, so it was originally black and white, and then the full-color Game Boy version. And, like, one of the the full-color things that were added to me were particularly funny. Like, the instruments, all the sirens' instruments are, like, rainbow fading all the time. So they transition from, like, like through the rainbow, colors of the rainbow, like, every time you open your start screen, which is hilarious. They were like, look at the colors! Whoa! Game Boy Color! <laughs> and, like, the windfish is all, like, the windfish's sprite is all whack. It's, like, all trippy, colorful. Um... And, like, that whole scene is, like, these rainbow clouds. Yeah, the windfish is definitely some, like, uh, 12-year-old's OC design. Like, <laughs> with all the it's patterns and colors. Magical windfish. <laughs> and his tiny wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes. And then the graphics were redone for the Switch, like we talked about. And it has this, yes. like, very cute claymation kind of style. It actually, and it has this, like, sort of semi-3D, semi-top-down perspective, kind of like Animal Crossing um, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the Switch. It reminded me of that. I didn't play, but I watched a little bit of a playthrough, and I was like, look how cute this is. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. Look at Link's hat wiggling in the wind mm-hmm. um, and whatever. Um, some people also commented that this style also kind of alludes to, like, the Triforce Heroes style, which, like, I kind of agree with. They're, like, kind of 3D and, like, chibi, but it's not the same, like, stylized, like, um, like kind of clay-esque look, mm-hmm. um, I think. Oh, and the opening scene for the Switch was like an anime, kind of? Mm-hmm. It was like an actual oh, yeah. like anime anime. Yeah, it was it like really a, nice. It did look really nice. There's like a full... Is the end cutscene like that, too? Or is it like... Yeah, the end is, okay. too. Okay. It's sort of like yeah. old school anime. Like, it's got like cross-hatching mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, like. it looks like kind of silly anime, which is really cool. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, it does look like old school anime. The Obviously, in the Game Boy version, there's like a game boy animated <laughs> um scene which is really cool it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's very dark it like the the opening scene has, is very dramatic and kind of sets the mood the music is um very uh like dramatic in the opening scene mm-hmm. um which i liked a lot i would say that that, that opening scene had me impressed with how nice mm-hmm. it looks using 8-bit graphics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's really you impressive. definitely know exactly what's happening also it's like yeah. it's a storm you know, I think all the Zelda games so far kind of like have a strong opening scene, like in the early versions. In the like NES Legend of Zelda and like Zelda 2, there's those like opening scrolling screens that like explain the story and the backstory. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's right. This one kind of continues in that tradition. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Link to the Past had that, but like I have the Game Boy Advance port, so it's hard to tell. Because the Game Boy Advance port, you have to choose between two different games like you have to choose four mm. swords or game boy or um a link to the past so that they might have like changed that I'm not, i don't remember but yeah interestingly this music for this game was not composed by koji kondo so in the last couple of games we talked about koji kondo the composer of your childhood um <laughs> basically who is the lead composer for the original legend of zelda game not 
Zelda 2, but for Link to the Past. And also, like, the Super Mario series and whatever. Oh, also, I have a, um, like, a errata that we need to address because we, we, um, we said, I said in an earlier episode that Kochi Kondo was the composer for Yoshi's Island. And me and you, oh. Kayla, referenced Yoshi's story. <laughs> the... Oh! <laughs> not, not Yoshi's Island. And I was reading about another composer. This is important for later because of the, for what I'm about to say. Because one of the composers for this game was the composer for Yoshi's Island. And I was like, but it wasn't that Koji Kondo? And then I was like, oh, no, we were wrong. So, <laughs> clarification, I guess. Not, not that important. <laughs> Wait, so he was, the, the he... composer from this game is for... Yoshi's story. For... One of the composers. Okay. One of the yes. composers. So this Link's yes. Awakening was composed by three people. And I think really wow. the lead composer was this woman named Minako Hamano. And then another woman named Kozue Ishikawa. And Kazumi Totaka. Who was responsible for like programming and responsible for the sound effects. So you would recognize Minako Hamano's work from Super Metroid. Mm. Isn't that... Uh, Totaka, isn't that... Um... Oh, it's KK. Yeah, KK Don't Slider. Don't spoil my facts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just recognized the name. I was like, wait. I knew that you would know that. <laughs> I should have started with him, but he's really not like the lead composer. But yeah. I think Minako Hamano has like most of the sound credits for this game. And then um, Kozue Ishikawa only worked for Nintendo for a few years. So her this is like one of her main works for Nintendo, but Wario Land is like the other um, mm, okay. music that she wrote. And then, yeah, so as Kayla said, uh, Kasumi Totaka, otherwise known as the voice of Yoshi, <laughs> also important and the voice i think maybe the voice of kk i can't remember but he's kk slider from animal crossing is based on him apparently um oh. yeah mm-hmm. so like in in japanese kk slider's name is tota kk so yeah. totaka tota kk yeah mm-hmm. but yeah he's the voice of yoshi and birdo and he was the composer for yoshi's story and for mm. a little game that we know called Animal Crossing, mm. including Animal Crossing <laughs> New Horizons and like a lot of the KK songs. So he he did a lot of the sound programming and the like like sound effects for this game, as opposed to the other two women who wrote the like a lot, the majority of like the music for the <laughs> levels and stuff. Mm. And then a lot of it is also like rearrangements. So there are some like original compositions, but there's there are like multiple rearrangements in this game of like the Hyrule field theme or like the main theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed there was like a special thanks to Koji Kondo in the credits. Or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, and I think he—I he, mean, he—he he like he was obviously involved. I think he just his main work was on another project at the time. Yeah, this whole like team was kind of like not like Shigeru Miyamoto and like some of the other people were working on other projects, and so that's why they kind of had the freedom to like do some of the things with this game that they wouldn't necessarily have done if he was directly as directly involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who composed the? Uh... Animal Town song. Oh wait, that's Mabe. What's the Animal Town or the? Oh, it's all the like dog barking in the background. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's Animal Village. <laughs> I don't know. I could look it up if you really want me to know. There's like um, this Nintendo Wiki has like literally every single credit, like every song that they worked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, apparently the Animal Village was um, Kosue Ishikawa. So there you go. <laughs> This is the the woman who also was the main composer for Wario Land. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be the KK guy, but no, it's not. <laughs> Some of the things that I thought were interesting about the music for the Game Boy version, it's like there are like a, multiple variations on the overworld theme, and they change in like different parts of the world, which is pretty cool. And I think it's the first one that has kind of like a second verse, almost a song. 
So there's the one that we all know and love, which is... And that's like, you know, normally where it repeats. Very nice. Thanks. All my music theory skills are finally coming into coming to into good use. Yeah, I hope everyone enjoys my original composition for the opening and ending of this podcast. Anyway... Okay, I got distracted. There's some. Um, <laughs> I got distracted with my second hubris. verse. <laughs> yes. So there's this like second, second verse to like the. I feel like it's the song that's played like just outside Mabe Village and like or Mabe Village or whatever. Kasum, however you pronounce it. Mabu. Yeah. Tofu. It goes. So like there's. I think this is the first time that we have like sort of a second melody with the Hyrule theme. And I think like later versions of the game have like more extended versions of the Hyrule theme. So I thought that was kind of interesting, something that I noticed. I was like, oh, cute, it's happening. <laughs> more and more Hyrules. And then there was, there were a ton of, there were like at least, I, I noticed like two or three other variations of that from different parts of the game. So something to listen for. Um, and then of course for the Switch, there were all new arrangements done of all the original songs. So there were some new compositions, but most of them were arrangements of the old songs from the from the Game Boy version. And like they're very interesting. There's a lot of like flute and like woodwind sound in a lot mm-hmm. of the music. And also kind of like string arrangements or I don't know if they're synthesized or if they're recorded or um I feel like that's something I need to look into later when we get to more complicated soundtracks. Like I don't know how how much is synthesized. There's also like mm-hmm. samples from the original Game Boy game that's used in a lot of um the music for that's arranged for the Switch. And um I thought it was really funny in the first scene because I like I said I watched the beginning part of the playthrough of of the Switch version has like this synthesized like steel drum because you're like on an island. <laughs> At least I felt like that's what it sounded like, which was cute. It's interesting the way that the um the new soundtrack was adapted. It's a nice arrangement, I think. Yeah, a lot of like full orchestral <laughs> arrangement or like full sort of like wind and brass arrangements for the Switch game. So you have that kind of like additional whimsical element on top of all the like the cute like claymation kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And then you're in like a dream. So the game has a very whimsical vibe, mm-hmm. I would say. And I think that the rotating rainbow gradient musical instruments <laughs> really adds to that vibe the Game Boy version, <laughs> the Game Boy Color version. <laughs> Cosm, some people commented that it was hard to tell to distinguish certain tiles in the Game Boy version because it's black and white. Did you find, did you have that experience? It's hard to distinguish certain tiles? Yeah, like because the, it's like everything is black and white. So like the textures, you're like relying on different texture in the like in the game tiles or whatever like i don't know um i i don't remember what but i do think there was one time where i was like oh i didn't realize that these were different um Mm. like i think maybe for shoveling or something i don't remember Mm -hmm. um but i didn't i didn't find it too difficult i don't think um I guess you were also playing on a LED screen in like 2022. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was harder on a Game Boy. You know, I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, apparently that was a common the tiny stamp size screen, mm-hmm. and in the dark because there's no backlight. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would I the feel neon like neon green cast to it. Yes, I feel like that would sort of reduce like the ability to distinguish different like black and white colors mm-hmm. or grays, right? 
Yeah, it was kind of green, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said everything that I wanted to say. Oh, the most important <clears throat> thing about the music, obviously, is the whole fucking plot of the game where you have to <laughs> <laughs> go and collect. I think this, so in the, in earlier games, we played, um, you had like a flute item in multiple games. And sometimes it would mm. like take you different places or take you back to the dungeon. This game, we have an ocarina that has multiple melodies and you can do mm-hmm. multiple things, like bring things back to life, for example. <laughs> <laughs> like your favorite chicken friend, who mm-hmm. I want to be my best friend. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, and I think that's a theme in later Zelda games, for sure, where you have like an instrument that can do multiple things. Mm-hmm. And this game also revolved around collecting instruments so that we can play a certain song to wake the wind fish. And every time you yes. pick up the little instrument, it like plays its little part of the song and then when you play the song you can like hear all the different like melodies from all the different instruments mm-hmm. in the background um or like in during that scene mm-hmm. so it all comes together but yeah you can hear if you when you pick them up they have little different um uh little themes that they play so mm-hmm. i enjoyed all that very much it touched me in my heart oh <laughs> let me tell you what the names of the instruments were <laughs> this is important <laughs> In my summary, I almost said, like, you need to collect eight instruments with silly names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're they're whimsical. There's the full... And I don't know they're... Actually, I don't know if they're... I didn't look at, like, how they're translated. or There's the full moon cello, the conch horn, the sea lily's bell, the surf harp, the wind marimba, the greatest instrument, <laughs> um, the choral triangle, the organ of evening calm, <laughs> and the thunder drum. I guess the thunder drum is really what you need to wake up the, the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is like very chill island vibes, surf harp, oh, a conch horn or whatever. <laughs> with the lightning you drum. You just like go up to aggressive. the big fish with a bong and you're like, a, a gong and you're like, bong. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. <laughs> I imagined that the wind fish was going to be more like um, not a psychedelic whale. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, uh, what's his name? Gabu or... Jabu? Yeah, Jabu, like Jabu, yes. Mm-hmm. No, he's a giant psychedelic whale. <laughs> Which I did enjoy, I just wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Not the last time there will be a flying whale in the what? series. <laughs> How exciting. Wait, there's probably... No, never mind, don't spoil it for me. I'll find out later. <laughs> oh, okay, now I remember. <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens when that <laughs> we play that game because I have whatever one it is I haven't played it as far as I remember, <laughs> unless there's a flying whale in Wind Waker that I forgot about. <laughs> no, I think there's just flying frogs. <laughs> there's there's a lot of flying frogs. There's a octopus that I guess it's just using its like water jet. It's not really flying. There's like the giant <laughs> octorock, and there's a, a big fish. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed Monbo. I said earlier the sunfish, yeah. <laughs> Our, oh, the yeah, friendly yeah, yeah. sunfish that teaches us how to dance. <laughs> the frog song is sort of disturbing. The what? The frog song, which is the one that wakes up the 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 dead rooster mm. and like wakes up the moves stuff around, makes the turtle rocks come to life or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you'll need to make this a little more lively. Go wake up that dead chicken. <laughs> 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 and he like gives you a rock concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's true also the scene when you learn the frog song it's hilarious yeah. i was like wow there's a lot yeah. happening <laughs> also that's like the frog from like mario 2 oh yeah i forgot uh, about that yeah. that reminds me of the uh the little devil did you free oh, him baddie 
or whatever. Yeah. Is it Batty? You mean the little guy that gives you upgrades? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think his name yeah, is He's Batty. fun, too. I enjoyed him. <laughs> he's all like, ha, 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 I'm going to curse you with more stuff. That'll learn you. And you're like, oh, no, curse me with more items. <laughs> yeah, there's a similar gag in uh, one of the Paper Mario games where... Like, there's a thing that keeps happening. It's like, you fool, I will curse you with this really helpful ability. Ha <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, in conclusion, <laughs> I love this game. Yeah, yeah I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. What is your stack rank so far out of the four games that we played? This one's at the top for me. Yeah, I would say Link's Awakening, Link to the Past, Zelda 1, Zelda 2. I agree. Same. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed this game. Um, I think because, like we said, it's not talked about as much as a lot of the other games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this one really felt like the first one that really had like the Zelda personality that like that's true mm-hmm. kind of come from the series. And there's really a lot that this game originated that I didn't realize it did. Like, uh, you know, having that quirky cast of characters and mm-hmm. the trading mm-hmm. sequence, which. Yeah. have in several games and the fishing mini game and even mm-hmm. just the concept of flying on a cuckoo yeah true yeah. yeah i didn't think about that because he's a special cuckoo but i mean he's, yeah. he's a cuckoo let's be mm-hmm. real i think like the reason for that is because it was kind of like a different team mm-hmm. like apparently shigeru miyamoto like wanted wanted the games to be wanted hit like the games that he directed or whatever to be more like fun and sort of intuitive and that's apparently why mario was and zelda were earlier games had like less storytelling and more like jumpy jumpy slashy slashy mm-hmm. mm. but i feel like this one is very in in line with like the storytelling in later games even mm-hmm. like the sort of trippy yeah. aspect of it where it's like are we in a dream like i don't like mm-hmm. what's gonna happen when we wake up the wind fish like there's there's like tension in the game as you get closer mm-hmm. and closer to the end of the game yeah so. yeah and actually like kind of you know i liked these characters like they had personalities <laughs> and they were fun yeah and i actually got a little sad when they were fading away at the end of the mm-hmm, game mm-hmm. especially the rooster friend yes of course <laughs> <laughs> blue rooster is my favorite blue zombie rooster <laughs> yeah it also really kind of solidified the sort of like gameplay loop of the series which like had kind of been established mm-hmm. in the previous games but like the like go to the dungeon, encounter a new obstacle you've never seen before and can't deal mm-hmm. with, get a new item, and then use that item to overcome the obstacles and usually beat the boss. Because, mm-hmm. like, they had some of that in previous games, but a lot of times, like, like the item you got in the dungeon had nothing to do with the the boss or only helped yeah. you bypass, like, one little section of the dungeon, if anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then in this one, there's, like, there's definitely times where you have to use the item that you immediately got, mm-hmm. yeah. which was... Yes, uh, something that you expect if you've played later Zelda games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I always find that kind of satisfying, just that loop mm-hmm. of like, oh, there's some weird obstacle I've never encountered before. I wonder how we'll get past this. And then you get the new item and you're like, ah, now I can go back to all those previous areas and mm-hmm. check out those rooms I couldn't get to before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think this one was, generally speaking, like the flow of the game was easier in the sense that you got a lot more direction about where you needed to go and you could go talk call the arena every anytime you wanted mm-hmm. and like talk yeah. to him and he would be like you should probably go to the desert or whatever <laughs> it's like mm-hmm, you could mm-hmm. get a lot of direction which was convenient as opposed to wandering endlessly in some yeah. of the other games <laughs> oh one little subtle detail in the the switch remake is um 
the area that you needed to go to next once you figured it out would be um like haloed on the map Ooh. with like a little like spotlight almost which is kind of nice if you had like put the game down for a couple of days and then be like where was i going again mm. and then you pick it up and you're like oh to the desert or link to, to the past shrine up here at least link to the past had a, an in-game map Mm-hmm. And it had a lot of markings on the map where it's like, you have to go here in this order. And theoretically, yeah. you don't yeah. have to, but like, it gave you an order and it told you where all the dungeons were. It wouldn't tell you mm-hmm. where like items were sometimes mm-hmm. that you needed to get into the dungeon, but at least it told you like, this is the next place you need to go. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And in this game, it had the, um, like, the compass now shows you treasure chests and yes. yeah. it makes a little sound when you're in a room with a small key, which and is really helpful. It tells you mm-hmm. every time that, that you pick up the compass. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to forgot. do that. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but the function itself was helpful. And there was, like, the... In the previous games, there's, like, the... You can explode, like, cracked walls and stuff. But this mm-hmm. one, you yep. could also tap on the walls with your sword um, to, like, find, like, hidden passages and stuff. So that was cool. I think that's new. In every game, you just had to blow things up. <laughs> like in Legend of Zelda, for example, in the yeah. first one, you just had to blow up blow every up square everything. in the game until, until yeah. you found the like hidden um, caves or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was still like a lot of things that were challenging. Like it still had those Game Boy, NES kind of like D-pad game challenges, like we mm. talked about before. Like dying, mm. I just expect to die a lot. I like miss things a lot. There was a lot of things that I do repetitively. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like that's kind of just like somewhat the nature of those older games. It's definitely yeah. getting better though. You can see like where game trend it's kind of like evolving, giving mm-hmm. people more guidance every time they walk out of a dungeon and stuff like that. <laughs> like you can still go anywhere you want. You can still like walk around the whole map uh, if you can access it. But like you get direction from the owl whenever you finish a thing. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed this game. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it way more than Zelda 2. Yeah. <laughs> That's <No>. for sure. <laughs> and it was cute. And it has to have like a Game Boy, classic Game Boy aesthetic. Because mm-hmm. now we're in the time period in which these are the games we would have played as, could have played as children. Like we could have played this yeah. game as kids. Yeah. yeah. But none of us have, I don't think. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, now we're more familiar with the, the gameplay conventions of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, ah, yes, I remember this annoyance. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think that was the last Zelda game I haven't played. Oh, okay. Other than, like, CGI and, like, I think there might have been a couple other, like, things for non-core consoles. Yeah, I yeah. Um, when I was rewriting the description for this, because I made the, like, website and stuff recently, because we're pre-recording all these for people who are listening now, I had I was rewriting it like playing every Zelda game and then I was like oh wait we're not actually playing every Zelda game because we're not playing any of those like weird like non Nintendo consoles it's like for yeah. Nintendo mm-hmm. <laughs> every main series Zelda game mm-hmm. not for all those like weird Philips computer systems or whatever I don't even yeah. know yeah, yeah. the Zelda watch or <laughs> is there a Zelda watch I don't even I know think there is. Uh, Game and Watch right. Oh, Game & Watch. That's what you mean. Yeah. No, I think there's an actual watch, oh, watch that watch. has a game on it. Oh, yeah, you know what? There might be. There could be. That seems like a very 90s thing. Oh, we didn't even talk about... You know, one thing we didn't talk about was, like, the whole Whistle Stop tour. Did you read about this? No. No? Okay, so when this game was released, Nintendo of America had this, like... I'm probably not going to do a good job describing this. Y'all should just go look this up. Everyone listening should look this up. But Nintendo had this promotion that they did where they got a bunch, led a bunch of people onto a train and the train mm-hmm. 
went to it traveled for a few days and they gave everyone maybe this was for the game boy color they gave everyone a game boy and they gave them you know like whatever they wanted and they stopped for, and, and everything but they um there was like a prize for whoever could finish the game first <clears throat> um and so they had this like whole tour that they arranged and apparently it was like chaos obviously but <laughs> 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 so anyway it sounds like this was a good game we had a good time <laughs> Yeah. But you know what I'm looking forward to? Fucking Ocarina of Time, which is the yeah. next game that we're going to play. Oh. 3D. Oh. Whoa, it's going to be <laughs> camera angles and everything. Polygons, mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. 64-bit graphics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> purple clear, <laughs> like clear purple controllers. Oh, yeah. Memory cartridges, taking the cartridge out and blowing in it and putting it back in. Ocarina of Time has a gold cartridge as well, right? I sh- nope. Uh, I think it does. Maybe certain versions. Mine doesn't. Yeah, I think some of them did. But like the original I think mine is gold. Releases, but... Neat. I mean, I bought it secondhand, so... I don't know. Maybe it's fake. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it's counterfeit. <laughs> we'll see how many I polygons remember. I have. I think I have the cartridge. You know what? I'll report back next episode. So yeah. stay tuned for that. <laughs> All right. This next episode is September first. Wow. Yeah. Wait, this is the third ep- third episode. <laughs> June. Did yeah. June, July. Have Wait, fun is it at school? Am I crazy? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be the fourth one. So it'll be September. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Mm-hmm, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I can still do math just as well as I could <laughs> in all our other podcasts that we made. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll see you then, and we'll talk about Ocarina of Time. I'm super excited to yeah, yeah. not play, even though even though all these games, or not all these games, even though most of the games we played so far, yeah, most of the games we played so far were technically for non-handheld consoles. I played them all in like a handheld mode, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because like the last two, the last. This game was for a handheld yeah, console. Yeah. This was the first one. I should have mentioned. We should have mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But this was the first one for a handheld console. But yeah, I played Link to the Past, which was for SNES on the Game Boy Advance, and then I played Zelda One and Two on the Switch, and I played them mostly in. I don't think I even played them on the TV. I think I just played them in handheld mode. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I. I only ever completed Ocarina of Time on the uh, 3DS remake, but I think I might mm-hmm. dig out the N64 version. And- I am gonna yeah. plug the fuck. Oh. It'll look, great. It'll look great on my <laughs> giant modern TV oh, screen. Oh, it won't. And we're going to have to sit so close. Do you think they make extenders for the... I guess the N64 They do. I used to have one. Yeah. Okay. I think I wow. used to have one, too. But N64 cables were pretty long. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to be sitting real close to TV, y'all. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. <laughs> so the time like, we tried oh, to... I remember this eye strain pain from my childhood. <laughs> we tried to... Well, TVs were smaller back then, so you had to sit yeah. close to it. We were trying to play Perfect Dark. I think it was Perfect oh, Dark. And we were one. like, how do you play this game? Everything is reversed. Everything looks so weird on an LCD TV or LED TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, what is yeah. happening? Well, I remember playing Mario Kart 64 at your house. Uh, the oh, old recently? house that had the, um, yeah. It had a large TV. Yeah, yeah, and it was also like your your living room was very um, long. Yeah, we had to yeah. all so sit we're, like, on the floor. we're all sitting on the floor like... <laughs> Way across the living room instead of on the couch. I think that, that will also be my experience in this house, but it is slightly shorter, so mm-hmm. I might be able to at least sit on it. Now I have like floor cushions, so it'll be a real like childhood experience. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking forward to. I'm super looking forward to Ocarina of Time. I think it's mm-hmm. gonna be great. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. yeah.
Okay, good. Well, we'll see you all then. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks Bye. for having us. <laughs> thanks for having, <laughs> having us. us in your ears. Yeah, on, on your phone or computer, whatever you're listening to, thanks for having in us. In your dreams. Play the Windfish's <laughs> Melody. <laughs> Awaken. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, yeah, we're not real. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as soon as you wake up, we'll disappear. Yeah, we're definitely not <laughs> so real. So think about that. <laughs> Break out your little recorder and play the Windfish's <laughs> Melody. Do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> Or play hot cross buttons. Cause or play the... That's all anyone knows how to play on a recorder. <laughs> play, the, play the frog song and see what happens to your inanimate objects. You never know. <laughs> Don't come crying to me if you wake up a, a dead chicken or whatever, though. <laughs> Why would they cry? That'd be great. Yeah, it seems like it would be pretty convenient. Anyway, we'll see you for Ocarina of Time. Sounds Yay. good. Boy. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye? I think I already said goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they had this, like, whole tour that they arranged, and apparently it was, like, chaos, obviously, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's an article about it from 1993 in the Chicago <laughs> Tribune. Here. This article um, has kind of a scathing tone, but here, I'll send it to you. <laughs> you read the first few lines and you tell me what you think. But I think like a, there was a, like a kid who won first, but then they couldn't give him a prize because he was a kid. And it was like very strange. The whole thing was very strange. But Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I don't what? So You think kids would be the target audience here? You would think. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I don't make the Nintendo rules. Everyone knows what Nintendo is like, right? Right? <laughs> anyway yes enjoy looking this weird thing up <laughs> yes. Nintendo orchestrated a multi-day train ride dubbed the Zelda Whistle Stop Tour from New York City to, to Seattle uh, blah, blah 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 Amtrak train blah 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 okay so whoever beat the game first would win a thousand dollar prize so they were all given a Game Boy and a copy of the game oh here's a Nintendo Life article this will probably be less scathing here you go <laughs> Yeah, it seems like scathing toward the concept of people who like video games. Yes, that's why I was like, like oh, this the, isn't a good article. <laughs> toward the train ride itself. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, people who signed up for the video game train ride were more interested in video Nerds. games than the random states they were passing by. Like, yeah, because that's what they signed up for is the video game part. Yeah, apparently this kid didn't qualify because he wasn't, like, a journalist. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know what happened. Anyway, look. Listen. What I'm saying is it's a strange thing that Nintendo did. It seems like a bad idea, in my opinion. But whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's been a a slew of poor game marketing decisions from like, every company throughout <laughs> gaming history. That is 100% true. <laughs> I think all you have to do is you be do a like, whole podcast on that. <laughs> we made a game and then people and like and then show a demo and like that's all you need to do to advertise it. Like you don't have to do mm-hmm. crazy. Anyway, that's my opinion. Whatever. I don't know anything yeah. about marketing. <laughs> Just let people do let's plays and then you'll see yeah, them. I, was be like, say, I guess I it's a little that. harder back in the day to get the word out, but <laughs> but like but there was like game stores. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you played Ocarina of T- or not, uh, Majora's Mask <laughs> like a million times mm-hmm. in in like Blockbuster or whatever. <laughs> like that's how we learned about games. Or your friend had it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your one friend who had Nintendo Power knew everything about games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, the Game Boy had neither the X Y buttons or shoulder buttons. So indeed, just had a D boy, a 
D-boy, a D-pad, <laughs> A and B, and start and select. <laughs> it's honestly amazing how many good games they managed to get on the Game Boy with so few buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I also read an interesting comment about that that was basically like Nintendo's, basically like, even at the time that the Game Boy Color was released, they were basically like underpowered in the sense that there were like more high-tech screens and like more, um, you know, like more advanced um, like processors and stuff like that. But Nintendo balanced like the value with the like components they could kind of like use for the price. Mm-hmm. And then they just like the strategy was making like games that would be engaging yeah it was way cheaper than its competitors had good games and a much better battery life than anything else at the time apparently the which battery is why, life part, why it succeeded compared to other more advanced technically mm-hmm. uh, the battery life of the game boy color i think or the game boy maybe probably the game boy because probably the game boy color needed more power but the game boy's battery life was like 30 hours on two batteries <laughs> it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. I mean, yeah 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 uh, my friend had the Sega Game Gear. Yeah. And that thing ran out of power yeah, in like, what, that like three hours. It was like that thing ate batteries, like a disposal. Like. Oh, yeah. At least we can recharge now. Because mm-hmm. the Switch only lasts for a few hours, but then you just like, okay, and then you just stick it back in the charger. Yeah. This isn't mm-hmm. like we're not chucking Except batteries. Like, still... Yeah, and you can just like plug your thing in. You don't have to like turn it off to change batteries yes. nowadays. So you can just be like, oh, my battery's slow. Click. Okay, we're good. <laughs> That was definitely, um, uh, like, nostalgia, but an annoying way when I was using this Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. for this game. Sorry, the opening mm. scene is really long. I just want to <laughs> pick up pods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, break the seal, blah, blah, blah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so what annoys me about the Switch is the charging port's on the bottom. So if you undock it but just want to, like, have it set down, like, on a table, yeah, you, can't, mm-hmm. you can't charge it. Not loud. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I think it u- doesn't it use the same use the same connection to connect to like the TV oh. and crap, right? Yeah, yeah. So it can I'm go in the dark. The headphones, no. Well, Cosmo can't hear us sassing him. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, why can't you just put it upside down or something like that to dock it or something? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't figure know. it out. The fact that it has that tiny kickstand in the first place is like. I mean, I use it all the time, but if I had, if I was a child or had a child, I was like, that thing would probably be gone. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever Actually, used I that. Think... I'm either, Finally. yeah, I'm either playing it in handheld mode or I have it in docked mode. I don't think I've ever like propped it on the table. I put it down mm-hmm. sometimes. You know, like they demonstrated in the all the promo videos mm-hmm. a long time ago, where it's like, play with your chums, put your switch on a table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or I'll, like, put it down to, like, do something, like, wait to go, like, use Turnip Exchange, but I want to keep it on, but I need to reload, like, my computer or whatever. I don't know. You know? <laughs> I need my two hands for something else, but I don't want to turn off my Switch. What do? Use kickstand. I just set it down flat. <laughs> wait for the battery to die. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Go to the castle. I just need to know if I can grab these pots. Get out of bed, me. Okay, here.